You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Buckle up, everyone. It's time to get this show on the road. Time for Dave's Corner Garage, your Saturday morning joyride on Zoomer Radio. Okay, Al, hit it! Hey, it's Saturday morning. It's Dave's Corner Garage, and you know what that means. We've got a great lineup for you today. We have Mark Silverman from Young Steels Motors, Eastcourt Ford, and uh, Manaville Ford. Oh, yeah, really? He's from there, yeah. too? How does yeah. he like? He's like the three students, you know. Well, yeah. <laughs> the big, they call it the big three. Anyways, we're okay, going to talk okay. about getting ready for the winter season because it's coming. I was out today, and the trees are starting to turn. So we know what's coming up next is the white stuff. Yeah, after your wife is going to have to go down to the basement and grab the parkas, you know, change the coats over. It's amazing. You know, we actually re- rejigged for the winter. So we'll mm-hmm. talk about that. We're going yeah. to be talking with Norris McDonald, our favorite uh, writer for the Toronto Star. Norris is going to talk about e-vehicles, or in other words, electric cars. Yes. So we'll talk, we'll chat with that. They're doing a, um, like a mobile economy run, but it's called AJAC, which is the Canadian version. And we'll mm-hmm. chat about e cars and e testing and e business and all that other good stuff. And speaking of e, Jonathan Schlue, car generator. Jonathan's going to talk about a new product that Ford has brought out. And it's just mm-hmm. verified everything that he's been telling us over these years. That's right. He's got a device that will make electricity. Out of gasoline. <laughs> <laughs> We're going in and out and out and in. Uh, I'm getting exactly right. <laughs> Jason Dale, he's going to join us also. He's with Georgian College. He's one of the instructors there. And we're going to talk about the automotive programs that they have. Uh, they have a two-year program and a four-year program. So we're going to talk with him for a while. And then, of course, we'll do your emails. Remember, if you want to have a question, if you're not getting on air, Make sure you email us at davescornergarage.com. There's a section there where you can write your question, and we will respond automatically, or we'll put you on air. Alan, take it away. We have to to ask Jason, is the four-year program the same as the two, but for slower learners? Uh, Or you'll only get half the information. (laughs) (laughs) My dad said grade six was the best three years of his life, you know? (laughs) (laughs) All right, this is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be back with more merriment and some great information right after this break. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is uh, Dave's Corner Garage. I'm Alan Gelman. Sitting beside me virtually is David Redinger. And mm-hmm. um, on the phone, we have Mark Silverman. He's from Young Steel's Ford Lincoln. He's the fixed operations manager. So if you need something fixed, that's the guy you got to talk to. Mark, how are you? Great, guys. How are you? How are you, Dave, Alan? You know Doing what? great. Things are good. Put it that way. <laughs> that's good. That's, that's good. That's nice to hear things are good. But you know what, Mark? The uh, leaves are starting to turn color. What does that mean? Well, that means it's time to start thinking about the uh, the, the weather change and the uh, the service level that changes uh, when when the weather does get a little bit cold here in Ontario. So there are a couple of things that need to be done. But I just wanted to mention that uh, over the past six months, we've had this uh, pandemic, and uh, folks are not driving. And they're certainly not driving their second automobile that's in the driveway. They're not going to work or there's no need for them. And in some cases, I've had some customers take the insurance off because they just don't want to drive the car. So However, the solution? Well, you know, just funnily enough, I'm calling it uh, just for the sake of a name, uh, the COVID checkup. I right. mean, your car is sitting. And while it's sitting, things are happening. 
uh, roster, or uh, we don't call it roster, we call it oxidization is happening all around the car. Uh, the tires are getting little flat spots on them. The battery might be getting a little low. Uh, a lot of things are actually happening to that car while it's sitting, doing nothing. So we're starting to suggest that uh, not only think about the car that you're driving and, 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 as, as well as the car that's sitting in the driveway. The longer they sit, the tougher it is to get them back in shape. Well, so are you suggesting that people get them both fixed up or what? Well, you know what? They, they get, uh, you get everything fixed. <laughs> Look, at, we, need to, uh, we need to keep in mind that this is a machine. Uh, the car that you're currently driving it requires, because of our temperature changes uh, here in Ontario, requires a little bit different maintenance than it might in the southern states. So there are things, you know, your oil, you know, you, we, we have to change the oil on a timely basis as well as miles. Mm -hmm. uh, we, re we recommend six months or 8,000 kilometers. If you don't do the 8,000 kilometers, it's a wise idea to do the oil at six months. Well, that's sure, because most people are lazy and they don't check other things themselves, correct? Correct. And at the same time, we get an opportunity to check it for you and, uh, and see if there's something that uh, requires... Uh, uh, some attention. The other part is the cars that are sitting in the driveway that aren't being used, as much as the mileage is not going on, the warranty days and times are being uh, counted. So, you, you know, you could be running out of warranty before you run out of miles. It's time. Because the warranty runs on three years, 60,000 on a new car. If you don't put the 60,000 on, but the three years expires, you're out of warranty. And well, so I guess you, you got to you got to make this decision. I mean, are you going to keep that old car that's been parked, or are you going to put it back on the road? But obviously, if it's if it's a late model car, like you say with warranty, that's a big concern. So it's important it now to you know either get it boosted and maybe it'll start, or at least tow it in the young steels and and have your guys look over it with a fine tooth comb because, like you say, they may only have a very short period of time on the warranty, and you don't want to see a breakdown happen down the road that's not going to be covered. Better look at it now. Exactly. Plus, you need to get the car moving. You can't just let the car sit dormant for three, four months and expect it to start up and drive away like a normal car. So I'm suggesting to my customers that are multiple car owners, bring one in. Let's do the service on one. We'll do a, an oil change. If, if the season is, uh, is ready, we'll do the tire change. We'll do the inspections. Make sure that you're ready to go antifreeze-wise, even as much as windshield washer antifreeze. Uh, and then do the same with your second car. Even though you're not driving it, it's an important uh, feature to keep the car in the best of condition. You know, one thing, I went through some of our data from the old days, and I was looking at it. We said lubricate all the felts or all the windows tracks, lubricate the door jams, lubricate Correct. all the locks, all the hinges. That's all stuff that suffers in the winter with salt and, and the cold. Correct. Correct. And the longer, the less you drive it, the worse it gets because that exactly. stuff sits there and eats at the car. We call it in the industry lot rot. The car stands around for, if the car sits around for a while, you know, the brakes become a little rusted, the tires get a little flat spot on them. Uh, like I say, the battery level goes down. Uh, there's a lot of things. It, it, it just, you know, it encompasses a lot of things. And it's so important in our four season climate change mm -hmm. that we look after this. Um, it's slightly different than maybe in a climate where the changes aren't so drastic. You know, one thing that the people always abuse is the wipers. You know, you flip the wipers on and they're actually not cleaning the windshield, but they never do seem to replace them. No, that's true. That's true. And then in some cases we even recommend it. They say, no, it's not. It's fine. It's fine. Look, I mean, it's a, it's an automobile. It's like any other machine out there. It needs to be maintained. And more so now 
with the, the with the technology that's in these cars. These cars are all designed to to operate in a certain way, and if anything changes, it doesn't operate the way it's supposed to. How has things changed at the dealership? People just drop the cars off and pick them up, or they have? Uh... Well, we've got safety guidelines, uh, Dave. What we're doing is we're allowing three customers at a time in the building. Unfortunately, they can't stay in the building. Uh, we we have a waiting area outside, kind of, which I guess the weather is going to make it a little difficult, but we'll improvise there. But uh, and I, I'm also finding that most are more tolerant with time. Oh, I don't need the car right away. So okay, it takes a little longer. It's fine. So we've won in that category, but in the rest, we're suffering with parts shortages. Uh, the, the, the world itself can't produce enough parts or the right parts for replacement parts for cars. And that's not just for us. That's for all manufacturers. These manufacturers globally have shut down or are on very limited work uh, uh, production. So when we go to order the part, it isn't available. Right, and obviously, if it's a, a warranty issue, you've got to do you got to replace it with an OE part. I mean, you can't be using something else. But do you ever go into the aftermarket market if need be to find some a replacement piece? Well, you know, I do in some cases, Alan, but it's it's tough. It is very tough, and you you know you got to get the right specs, especially with the technology. So right. you know, but the funny part is, we get a few people that say, "You're the you're a Ford dealer. How come you don't have the part?" Like you know, I'm, I'm driving a car that. There's there's eight thousand parts on it, and there's and it's, and it's different than the other cars. So we couldn't possibly have every part, but they don't understand that. Oh, you you should have the part. <laughs> yeah, you have a huge a huge warehouse in the back, and uh, with with a million parts in it. But let me ask you quickly before we go. It's it's September. A lot of times people will say, "Is it too early to start putting winter tires on?" What's your answer? Um, I don't know that I put winter tires on just yet because the the tire manufacturers for winter tires are saying seven degrees, seven degrees. If the temperature is seven degrees, you're wearing the tires out. I don't want to be in that position. So I want to wait till officially the weather gets, like today. Today, uh, you're, you're, you're going to heat up the tires. Yesterday was 27 degrees. So I don't want to be the one that tells the customer, put them on, and they start wearing down a little premature. I would start looking at the beginning of October when we know our weather is not going to go back. That's you know you're going to have the proper temperature for 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 winter tires and of course extra extra set of wheels uh, to put those tires on. Right. Well, we're we're fortunate. We got a lot of customers that buy a package. Yes. Because the wheels sent the wheels the sensor, so it's basically just an install. But it also gives us an opportunity to look at the at the car and see if there's any deficiencies for the winter. Is that something your sales department will push? Like we're buying a new car. Here's a, there's a package for winter that comes with the car. Do. They do. Uh, they should be doing it. Um, you know, it's a, it's it's not just a necessarily a sale. It's a feature that it's a it's a worthwhile feature to have for your car. Yeah, it's not just yeah. a matter of making a sale to sell tires. That's not what we're here for. These vehicles are engineered for grip, and yes, they work well with the tires that came on it. The all-season tires they work well, but ultimately they work better when they've got the proper grip. So. We're selling you something that's advantageous to you, not just to, to sell you a set of tires. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not that way. It's they, they, they actually work, they have a function, and the vehicles require that kind of a grip to because the computers are doing everything in milliseconds and they're checking bumps in the road. And I mean, it's so sophisticated, it's beyond belief. But Exactly. Uh, I mean, your anti-lock brakes can't work if the tire's not sticking to the road. It, right. It's, it's real basic. All right, Mark, if people need to get in touch with you or make an appointment, how do they do that? Young Steel's Ford Lincoln, 
I'm at 7120 Young Street, Thornhill, Ontario. You can reach me at 905-889-7343. And if you need anything or you want to call, just ask a couple of questions by all means. I, I am available. I will take the call. And except for you, Alan, if you call, I can't help you. But. <laughs> You're always busy when I call. At least that's what they tell me, you know? That, that's set up like that. <laughs> Either that or they go, Mark who? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, guys, listen, it's, it's important that we get maintenance done on cars. Exactly. And it's not just boards. It's across the, across the set, the whole program. Uh, for the listeners out there, uh, think about it. Don't worry about what the dealer's telling you. Just when it gets a proper maintenance done on the car, it's it's a much better circumstance and there's less chance to be at the side of the road in the wintertime. Mark, thank you very much. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Stay safe, stay well, and uh, talk to you again. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Mark. Thanks. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right, after the break, we got Norris McDonald, who's going to be talking about uh, a new car. Dave, what did he go? What did he do? We're going to be talking about EV cars. Electronic vehicles. Right. And you're going to talk about a program from AJAC where they actually test all these vehicles, and he was part of it. All right, there you go. So this is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back. It's Dave's Corner Garage. I'm Dave Rediger. I'm with Alan Gelman. And on the line right now, we have Norris McDonald from the Toronto Star. Norris, how are you? So far, so good, Dave. Good. I heard you spent the week driving a an electric or battery-powered vehicle. I was in a Chevrolet Bolt. Now, that's a B-lighted Bolt of lightning, and it is a pure electric vehicle. The week before, I had been driving around in a Mitsubishi Outlander, which is a hybrid. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and a hybrid, as everybody knows, is you can go a certain uh, number of kilometers on pure battery, right. and then uh, and then your gas kicks in when that runs out. I personally, if I put a little editorial comment in here, I think that this is a great hat step on the way to full electricity. I think I think EVs are the are the cars of the future, transportation of the future. But it's going to be 40, 50 years from now before the changeover has taken place. In the meantime, you know, if you're just going to the store. Why burn uh, a fossil fuel when you can burn electric? Uh, when you Absolutely burn. But You're part of Ajax's um, Eco Month. Tell me yeah. about that. Well, the uh, Ajax, which is the acronym for the Automobile, Automobile Journalists of Canada, for the last eight to ten years has had a uh, yearly uh, promotion called Echo Run, which is, uh, uh, you know, economy in, in vehicles. For the most part, wasn't it just basically to see which cars got the best fuel economy at at one point? I think that's how it started, eh? Yeah, well, I was going to say that you bring up an interesting thing there, Alan. The very, very first one, I was still the editor of Wheels. Mm -hmm. And, of course, everybody who was was ready for Wheels at the time wanted to go on the first deco run. And and so uh, it got some great stories out of it. Jerry Malloy wrote about the wind tunnel that's at uh, Durham College, which, of course, is now called the Ontario Tech University and Jill McIntosh, I think it was, wrote about all the wonderful things that are going on at McMaster. And I'm getting glowing reviews of all of these cars. And I called them all up and I said, Who won? And they said, That's not the point. The point is not <laughs> to find the, the absolute best, uh, you know, fuel efficient car in the country. It is to illustrate 
how the industry is meeting the challenge. Mm-hmm. And so, for example, uh, and the reason it's Echo Months this year is because nobody's traveling because of the virus. And so Ajax, rather than postponing it, said, well, we'll just do it at home. And so, mm-hmm. for example, Dan Heyman, who is an Ajax member in, in Vancouver, he's got access to all the cars that are entered out there. Richard Russell on the East Coast, uh, Terry uh, uh, in, in Manitoba, and a bunch of us here in Toronto. Uh, now, these are eco-friendly vehicles, and this is to inform uh, consumers about all these options, and as I say, to show how the industry itself is uh, meeting the challenge. And of course, we have uh, uh, fuel efficiency in uh, in uh, pure electric and hybrids and uh, uh, clean diesel and fuel efficient gasoline and the rest of it. And you know something, gentlemen, you would be amazed at the strides that have been made by the gasoline and diesel manufacturers well, interesting. in the eight to 10 years since the EV revolution kind of reared its ugly head, if you want to call it that. You know, it's just like anything else. Any, it doesn't matter whether it's NHL hockey or NFL football or automobiles. Everybody just kind of cruises along until they run into a challenge of one kind or another. You know, the NHL discovered that people didn't like games ending in ties anymore. So they created the five-minute overtime, the shootout, and all that sort of stuff. And so, you know, the the gasoline manufacturers, I don't think that they would have done what they've done if it had not been for the EVs starting to breathe down their necks. And they've done a hard job. You can go forever on a, on a gallon of, or a liter of gasoline now. I want to ask you a question, though. I, I thought yeah. clean diesel was kind of an oxymoron, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> well, you know what? It is, but that's what they call it. So, <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah, right. But, right. you're right. But half, half the executives are, are, are looking at jail time right now in Germany. Well, um, some of them are, but, you know, I mean, when I, when I uh, traded in for my most recent uh, Ford F-150 pickup truck, as you guys know, I'm a truck fan, and I'm a big fan of that particular a brand, I I seriously considered uh, a diesel for the simple reason that it's about a third less per liter to, to burn than uh, regular gasoline mm-hmm. at the end. But I will tell you this. I will tell you this. Ford, and all of them, by the way, but Ford in particular, because I'm more familiar with them, are coming out with a hybrid F-150. Next year, they're going to come out with a super-duper hybrid F-150. In other words, the electric range will be increased. I'm looking forward to that. And then four or five years from now, they're going to have an all-electric F-150. I'm not going to be so keen to jump right into the total EV because I don't think that they have yet the the network that will, you can go anywhere, uh, but it's coming. Oh, absolutely. You know, and, and for the most part, a lot of the F-150s, if, if they're construction vehicles or, or service vehicles, they're basically, you know, they go out in the morning and they come back in the afternoon, uh, you know, they're to the to the yard or wherever they're going to be. Um, they're not used 24-7. So basically, you know, you put it on the charger and then, you know, you're going to get another 10 hours the next day. So absolutely. I, I think I think, you know, I, to me, I think you've got range anxiety. Is that the problem? You want to believe it. I was talking to a fellow who went to Kingston in a Nissan Leaf 
and he thoroughly enjoyed the ride down, but then he had to charge to come back. He had a bit of a devil of time finding a fast charger, uh, and the first one he went to, unfortunately, didn't work. He had to go to another one, and then he had to wait for two other guys because they're just, again, the network isn't there. The network's coming. Yeah. You know, I should add something that the Tesla has a network and they actually tell you where the nearest charging station is and how many people are charging at the time. They're well, that's that sophisticated. True. But you know what? I mean, you know, what? I, I love the fact that you mentioned Tesla, but you know something they all have. There's apps for everything, as they say. And mm. so if I, if I go into Kingston and I have an EV app on my phone, that's going to tell you. Uh, where all the charges are. Can I just talk for one quick second about the bolt, though? Sure, go ahead. I to know that at the beginning of the week when I took off, I had 390 kilometers of range. I drove that car normally. I didn't go out and drive it around all day. I just went about my business for six days. At the end of that six days, I still had, because of the regeneration that goes on, is every time you touch the brake or take your foot off the throttle, you know, it, it in fact is putting juice back into the battery. I still had 215 uh, kilograms wow. of juice. That's, that's, that's amazing. That's a week. Absolutely. And we had a little bit of side bet. Uh, you know, uh, uh, I have a, a good friendship with the president of Ajax, Stephanie Wallcraft, and we had a bet about uh, who was going to be able to go the furthest and this, that, and the other thing. Of course, I let her win. But oh, yeah, she's, of course. she's been telling everybody that she won. So I just want to set the record straight that yeah, she <laughs> probably won, but that's because I'm her mentor and I didn't want to upset her. And so I let her win. You know, just before I let you go, I have an app that has every rest stop in Ontario. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, for a guy your age, I yeah. can understand why. <laughs> if you go to Mexico City, there's an app for where all the outdoor privies are. <laughs> Well, you know, I've got the green key app in my phone, but, but, but not the yellow key app. Is that, is that what it's called? All right. <laughs> Norris, have a great day. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a twice, guys. See you later. All right. Take care. All right. After the break, we got Jonathan Schlue coming up. He's from Car Generator, and uh, he's got some electrifying news for us. We'll be right back. All right, this is Dave's Corner Garage. Welcome back. We've got Jonathan Schluth from Car Generator on the phone. You know, and, and before he was on, we had Mark Silverman up at Young Steel's Ford. Ford apparently has come out with some new options. And one of those, of course, is to create electricity like Jonathan does. And, and the question, Jonathan, correct me if I'm wrong, people always wanted to know is how long can you let the car idle? But he's got proof right there. Yep, it's a super exciting. We actually got it's one of the biggest news for us at Car Generator um, because I've always known that you know your car is a great source of power and it runs just like a generator and it's quieter. But one of the questions people often ask is, is it okay to leave your car engine idling? And so what's really exciting about this news, Ford announced something called Pro Power, is that on the Ford F-150s um, available in 2021. There's an option called ProPower, which basically puts a generator uh, ports or plugs in the back uh, of the of the pickup truck, mm-hmm. so that by simply leaving your car engine running, um, it will produce power. 
And uh, that's exactly what we do with Car Generator. But you don't have to buy a brand new $80,000 truck to do that. You can do it with <laughs> the, existing, <laughs> the existing truck or car that you already have. And of course, you know, with the Car Generator, not like the pickup truck, you don't have to put change the tires and, and, and change the oil and make sure everything else is good either. No, that's that's really true. We're we're actually getting into our busiest season now, which is fall. People are getting ready for, you know, those fall storms. Remember, was it last year, September, October, Saskatchewan got hit really hard and we got some other big mm-hmm. storms here. So you get the freak fall storms and then, of course, winter power outages. And, you know, when the power goes out at your house, what's the most important? If you could only keep one thing running, what, what would it be if your power went out in the wintertime? Well, of course, yeah, if you ask the kids... Their furnace has to run. No, the kids would say, "I need my phone to work." You know, I need to, uh, <laughs> I need to socially get on my phone and 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 make sure everything's updated. Got to look at my Twitter account. My uh, what's that jazzy one with the um, the TikTok, the right? Snap, Snapchat or TikTok? Snapchat, or whatever. yeah. All right, how quickly and how easy it is to hook up things. Yeah, so that's the great thing about Car Generator. It really takes literally a minute. You just. Um, it basically just hang it on the front of your car, attached. It's got built-in booster clamps, which are specially developed. They're heat-proof. And you attach it and you start your engine. No pulling a big, you know, a lot of people maybe have a bad back or they can't lift things. And this thing is 11 pounds. So instead of having to pull a big generator ripcord and hope that it starts and then, you know, you got oil and everything else, just start your car. And Ford has really validated this with their ProPower because they um, publicly state that you can basically provide power for 85 hours. So that's a typical, we typically say 50 to 70 hours. But the fact is most cars or vehicles, whether they're gas, diesel, electric, or hybrid, can sit and idle and run for up to... 50 to 70 hours, and Ford says 85. So I'll go with, I'm okay to go with that too. Doesn't this open up a whole new line of, of, of customers for you, that commercial customers? I mean, it when really, you look at really how much power they actually need, they really don't need an awful lot. No, and most people, a lot of people don't, you know, they may not realize, but running a gas furnace, a gas or oil furnace or hot water rads in your house only needs about three or 400 watts in most cases. So, you know, getting a 22 kilowatt Generac um, on the front lawn, that's 22,000 watts of power and your furnace requires three or 400 watts only. So your car can easily sustain that. So the overall concept is when you're driving your car around and you're using your lights and headlights and cabin heater and all that, that's fine. But when you're not using those things, we simply take that out and you can use it to power your fridge or your, um, or your gas furnace or your furnace to keep your whole house warm or your kids uh, games and devices, of course, as well. So, um, and it works. It works great with um, electric and hybrid vehicles. Things like the Chevy Bolt, the Chevy Volt, uh, the Audi e-tron, uh, Honda Insight, Toyota hybrids. It's great. And in the case of a pure electric car, you're not running any gas uh, and any noise at all. It's very simple. So, have you ever done a test though? How long will that car essentially run? I mean, it's not running i mean it it, it is a yep. battery in that car how long can the car generator you know draw off of that for what length of yeah. time you know yeah so that's a really great question to actually with an electric car it's very easy because you know you know that the battery in uh i don't know i'm going to say a tesla say as an example eighty-five thousand watts 
which is 85 kilowatts is essentially 85,000 watts. So you can figure out, you know, it's not exactly this, but you figure out if you need three or 400 watts to run your furnace, as an example, you can do some very fairly simple math to figure that one out. Um, and it's really fun. I ha- we have a diesel SUV and I ran, I started the engine and ran car generator and I was actually shocked to find because I can see there's a little diagnostic that your mechanic can put on your car and it'll mm-hmm. show you things about it. So I looked at fuel rate and I could see live in real time that it was using 0.95 liters per hour, which is about a quarter gallon. Um, yeah. so man, I've got a 110 liter tank in that. So you can do your math pretty easily to get an idea of how, how long you can run. And you know what, even if you need it for five hours or eight hours and then you shut it off, put it away, it's really simple. So. All right, Jonathan, we've got to run, but you've got a weekend special. I understand. We have, we have a really great weekend special and it's everything you need to really get started. We call it our startup offer or weekend special. It's a hundred dollars off and it's $180 in bonus items. So there's a furnace plug kit, um, which is what you need to put a plug on your furnace, uh, three-year extended warranty, a power meter, and free shipping anywhere in North America. And we've actually extended our money-back guarantee. It's normally 30 days. We've expanded it to 180 days, which is six months, because we want to make sure that you really love your car generator. We get virtually no returns on this. It's just a very simple product, and it works great. So it's www.cargenerator.com. And if you want to see the article that Norris McDonald wrote about this in the star, you can just Google car generator Toronto star and you'll see that in there as well. It was a really good article that Norris wrote um, in the auto show of last year. So uh, it's www.cargenerator.com or you can phone us at 800-750-4660 is the number you can call if you want to ask any questions or uh, order by phone. You can do that too. All right, Jonathan, thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate it. Great stuff. Thanks again. Have a great uh, day, everyone. Thanks, uh, you too. Thank you. Drive safe. Okay. Bye. All right, Dave, uh, after the break, we're going to be, you're going to try to quiz me and see if you can fool me. Is that right? That's not going to be hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a professional. Anyways, yes, we got some email questions that were sent in, so we're going to talk about that. It's Dave's Corner Garage, and we'll be right back. You know, we get a lot of emails from people that have questions, so I guess that's the thing to do. Anyways, it's at davescornergarage.com if you have an email question. And here's a couple that came in the other day, so I thought I'd ask Al because mm-hmm. he knows better. What Al. do you mean better? You've been doing this way longer than me. Yeah, but I forget. As I get older, I forget everything. Anyways, I drive a 2010 Honda Accord. My mm-hmm. transmission has a D4 and a D3 selection on the shifter console. I'm not quite sure of which one I should select. Can you help? Stan. Sure. Stan? Well, well, Stan, it's like this. You want to be driving in D4, okay? Because you want to take advantage of that extra gear, Um manufacturers have been adding more gears to the transmissions over time to give better fuel economy. And of course your thing starts in first gear, second gear, third gear, and ultimately you want to get into fourth gear. And and then you've got a lockup transmission, a lockup converter Mm -hmm. as well to extend your mileage even more. So the only time you would maybe not use four is if you were going down a, a mountain road and you wanted to use the engine for braking, then you could shift to a lower gear, but otherwise Put it, leave it, put it number four and let it rip. That's the best way to go. So I, I'm actually wondering why they actually put D3 in there. You know, they just put a D. Yeah, 
But anyway, well, don't well, don't forget. You know, it's pretty flat around here. I mean, there's lots of places out in the mountains or out in the country that uh, you know people want to do take advantage. Why would you want to wear out your brakes if your engine braking can help that, right? Yeah, that's true too. And we should mention that, by the way, if you're doing a an oil change on a on a transmission on a Honda, you have to use the brand specific fluids. Yes, exactly. Well, most of the manufacturers are like that. I mean, there are, people have come out and said. You know, you could maybe use this fluid on all cars, but for the extra, you know, five bucks it may possibly cost, use the factory fluid. That's the best way to go. Okay. So there you go. That's the answer. Uh, the next one, and we'll do this quickly because we only have a short schedule. I have a 2009 Volkswagen Eurovan. Mm -hmm. The engine light comes on and stays on for a couple of days without blinking, and then it disappears. A mechanic checked it out with diagnostic equipment and didn't find any problems. However, whenever it rains, the light is sure to come on. The ignition wires have been replaced. Any ideas? And this is from Audrey. I think, Audrey, we need to find out. Maybe pull out your old bills and see if your mechanic actually wrote down what the trouble codes were. Because the trouble codes, which are numbers obviously connect to a real explanation right. and you can you can look those up and it will give you an idea because basically the that that list of numbers provides you with a map um, a map of where to start looking if you're going to try to diagnose the problem um, it may say for example it, it's an oxygen sensor code or a NOx sensor code um, but as a matter of fact you know funny you mentioned rain um, we had a, um, a we had a Subaru WRX which is a really neat car and we found out by looking through a technical service bulletin that they have an issue where they collect water in a certain part of the engine after a rain, and that will make the light come on. Oh. So it's important that you have this information. You know, you can, you have access to it. Uh, most mechanics do. Don't just simply throw parts at a car. You know, you, you've got to test. You've got to do your research. And that way, um, you'll you'll have a proper fix, and it won't cost you crazy money. So, so my like suggestion say, to her yeah. was that the scan tool has a snapshot mode, and uh, it should click on the code as soon as the light would flip. Yeah, and if she's you know if she's a hot looking lady, maybe she'll send you the snapshot. There you go, or a snapshot. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you know what they say too: if the light's not on. Don't worry about it. Just it's keep not broken. broken. <laughs> no, exactly. If the light's not on, it ain't broken. <laughs> exactly. All right, right. This is Dave's Corner Garage. And after the break, we're going to be talking to Jason Dale. He's from the Automotive Business Schools, who are still in operation. Why not? We're going to head up to Georgia College right after this break. Welcome back, everybody. We've got Jason Dale with us from Automotive Schools of Canada. It's running up at Georgian College up in Barrie. How's things up there? It got cold last night, I understand. It sure did. How are you guys doing? We're doing okay. In fact, we've already been talking about winterizing. Nobody wants to think about that. But, uh, hey, winter is upon us or will be in the next month or two anyways. Um, since COVID has happened, almost all of your programs are online. Is that right now? Uh, that's correct. Yeah, we uh, we put all of our programs for winter, summer, and fall all completely online. So that's both our uh, two-year diploma and our four-year degree. Now What's that the difference between a diploma and a degree? Uh, so one, the diploma course is, uh, is, um, is geared towards, uh, mid-level management positions within the automotive industry. Uh -huh. So if you're looking at dealership, uh, management, uh, you're looking at management in the, um, in the manufacturing side, uh, or even in the aftermarket industry. And then when you get into the degree, you're looking at more higher level, upper level management, uh, management positions. Even like uh, owning a dealership. 
Absolutely. Yeah. We have, uh, we actually have a dealership management course that we, uh, that we teach and we also put fully online this year and that goes right across Canada. Sorry, Al, I stepped on you. Go ahead. Yeah. And obviously because it's online now, um, people can do this when they have time, correct? It's not like you have to commit and, and you're going to be sitting in a class for four or five hours at a time. So actually, we, uh, we, we just launched for September our very first uh, online part-time delivery format. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can complete the entire uh, automotive diploma program completely online. And you can finish the program within two and a half to four years, depending on your schedule. So if you're working in a dealership right now and you want to upgrade your education, give us a call. Right. And so it's not like you've got to do a full-time commitment. You, you can carry on with your regular day job and, and maybe only do a few hours a night kind of thing. That sounds great. Yeah, absolutely. Now, for people who are cash-strapped, um, yeah, I understand right. that uh, you, know, you can get grants or bursaries. What's the deal there? Uh, so actually, in our automotive program, we have uh, over $150,000 worth of scholarship uh, from the automotive industry. So once mm-hmm. you've uh, once you've been accepted to the school, you can start applying for entrance uh, scholarships, and there's scholarships right throughout the year. And the industry very, very much supports us, and uh, we're very thankful for that. Well, because for the most part, you're providing them with with knowledgeable people. I mean, you know, your your courses are approved by the dealerships. Um, obviously, OMVIC approves of everything you do, correct? That is correct. Yeah. So we have a, a full um, uh, curriculum committee, advisory committee, uh, okay. which meets uh, three to four times a year. So they talk about all of our curriculum. OMVIC is also uh, in attendance to that uh, curriculum meeting and they uh, they look at all of our programs as well. Well, because you do actually run a lot of courses for sales professionals, correct? Yes, we do. Uh, yeah. Sure. So we've got, we, we actually run all the programs for OMVIC as well. There you go. You just can't put out your shingle and say, yeah, Barney's used cars. Come on down. Dave? <laughs> well, I was going to say they also have a co-op uh, system where the students go out and actually do some get some work with, with, with in the industry. Yeah, absolutely. So during your uh, two-year diploma, you would do two terms of co-op uh, throughout the industry. And we are connected with so many industry partners with our school across Canada that's uh, uh, very easy to find uh, co-op positions. And you'll do three uh, paid terms if you uh, take the degree program. So if we're doing a degree program, am I staying on campus? Is that what's how, how it works? Uh, normally, but pre-COVID, um, yes, you would be staying on campus for the, the four-year degree. Um, and you would do, uh, so you would do your semester rotation through there and then you'd have three paid co-op terms. Mm-hmm. And now after COVID, we're put, we're basically going online and, and trying to, to work around. Yep. So we're working with the students. Our faculty members did a great job putting all the courses up online for us. And, uh, and now we're doing, uh, we're doing everything fully remote. Um, and hopefully, uh, hopefully soon we're back in class because I really want to see the students. I miss seeing them. <laughs> How many students would be in a class? I mean, that's always the top, the hot topic right now. So, I mean, during COVID, uh, at our school, we're doing like there is no in class, so there's only labs, and the lab works. Uh, I believe we're running around seven to ten students in a lab, as long as they're socially distant and wearing their masks. How do people get in touch with you? Uh, www.absd.com. Automotive Business Schools of Canada, perfect at Georgian College, easy to find. Anybody can Google it, eh? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> All right, Jason, good luck. Uh, try to stay warm this weekend. And apparently you're getting <laughs> into some cold water, eh? Yes, sir. Thanks very much. Good it's stuff. really not <laughs> cold at all, I must tell you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks again, man. Take care. All right. 
So the Automotive Business School has partnerships with almost every manufacturer that's out there, and they also have what's called networking. So when you actually graduate, they'll put you into the industry with the right people. It's good stuff. Al, I enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, we had fun. We had fun with Mark Silverman right at the top. You know, yep. he's trying to tell everybody that get that old car that's been sitting in the driveway. You got to get it going because the time comes when you may need it. It is not going to go. So give Mark a call up at Young Steel's Ford Lincoln. They'll be happy to help you. Great. And I want to thank Morris, Norris McDonald, who was, uh, you know, he was talking about the Chevy Bolt and how much he liked it, but was kind of surprised when he said, we're not going to really be electrified and for the next 20 years. I, I don't know. I think we're going to get there much sooner than that. I think, I think it's going to be regional. I think it'll be electrified in the city and out of town. It, it won't be as much. Well, because people are worried about how far can you go. But uh, as, as you said, they've got apps. <laughs> I went a couple got... of times all the way. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of electricity, of course, thanks, Jonathan Schlue, of course, for Car Generator. Yes. And he's, he's got a weekend special on. So if you're listening to us right now on Saturday, he can save you 100 bucks from their uh, their big package. So there you go. And, and Go ahead. I want to thank Jason for uh, keeping us up to speed on the uh, school. The Automotive Business School of Canada is at Georgian College. And if you want to get into the industry, I mean, that's the right way to do it. You know, I got that earbug now. I'm thinking of that song. Go all the way. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> if you've got problems with your speakers, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and uh, and on the 26th, we're going to be going live. People can call us in studio, right? I can't believe it is true. Well, it's been it's been six months, okay? It's enough already. I know already. It's true. All right, everybody. I want to thank everybody. Thank Joel, of course, for doing such a great job, as always. And, uh, you know, because he can fix it. Now that we mess up on occasion, he can just say, don't worry, I'll take care of it. We'll fix it in the mix. Uh, drive safe, everyone. Dave, you stay yeah. healthy. And Keep we'll the shiny side up. And the greasy side down. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be back next week. Bye-bye, everyone. Who cares about the clouds and we're together? Just sing a song and bring the sunny weather. Happy trails to you. Till we meet again. Happy trails to This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740.